Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bullish AF, and I am your host Dustin and Jeff. And uh, today we got a very, very special guest. We have Vincent Peters. Um, if you guys don't know and haven't heard about him around the uh, space, he's a self-made entrepreneur. I uh, used to work uh, for a couple of massive, massive companies, and I, you know, don't really want to spoil the surprise. So um, let's just uh, get the full scoop from him. Thanks for coming on, Vincent. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me so much. I really appreciate your your patience. Um, but we're finally to a point where we can uh, talk about what we're doing at a high level of fidelity uh, with a high level of expectation that we actually uh, actualize. Um, it is what we have planned. Yeah, I actually, you know, uh, when the when the project first launched um, a, a while back, I was very curious whenever I was looking at the website. And what really honestly uh, attracted me to the project was the AI side of things. And yes. That's really because, you know, I'm really bullish on the future of AI myself. Um, so that really, really attracted me to the project and, and definitely got me very, very curious of what could be in store. And then I started, you know, kind of looking further into the website a little bit. Um, and I seen that you have options and packages for, uh, some certain consciousness packages with the artificial intelligence. Um, do you care to? Maybe share a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. So when I started this journey back in 2000, you know, let's say 2019, um, I was at SpaceX. I was in LA. Um, and like my real passion has always been an indefinite extension of the human experience via AI automation, right? Um, and just talking to people about like my passion and a lot of people just thinking that I'm really weird, right? Um, I really struggled to talk about like extending human life through automation and in, in, in AI, right? So I had to really figure out how to show people, right? And that's like where the artist side of me was really activated. Is like I have to be able to just show you versus tell you. Um, so this is something that just really was put on me that I needed to go to a place like SpaceX, see someone who is a world class actualizer. Uh, take away as much data as I can and experience from that uh, from that opportunity, and then go and do my own thing, right? Um, so that is really like my journey at SpaceX and Starlink, and like some of the cool things I really got to do between 2018 and 2022 uh, to us where we are now. And talking about the AI, uh, people just really like. There's there's so very few people who very few people who have imagined anything, right? Um, like I live in a world where I'm gonna create Einstein, I'm gonna create uh, Galileo, I'm gonna create um, Plato, I'm gonna create all of these historically intelligent and brilliant people, and I'm gonna put them in a room, um, and I'm gonna run simulations and give them subjects to talk about, and you know I can run ten years of simulations in a fraction of a second and then have a transcript of, like, what their chatbots talk about. That's the world that I live in. 
that's the business opportunities that I see for, um, you know, what, 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 where are we going in the future? Um, and that's just like the world that I wanted to get to now coming to real life and, you know, dealing with the crypto side of, or the crypto function of the company. Right. And then dealing with VCs, it's just like VCs are just really, I hate to say it, VCs are just like really dumb, right? Uh, you have VCs that, it's, that, that are people who have access to money and they understand deal flow and they understand structuring and they understand how to put together deals, but they're just not really intelligent even on what they're investing in. I mean, you just, I've talked to some of the top people in the 3.0 investment space and like they don't understand basic networking, right? So what you're seeing with inheritance now is like, Hey, we're, we're, we're pushing a business model right now, specifically with the art that's going to pay the bills and, and, and actually fund a lot of our research. Um, but where we're actually going and where, we, like where, where it is never changes. Like we're going to that fully autonomous world where we have fully autonomous AI representations of yourself or Albert Einstein or of Napoleon or somebody um, that we think of values to have in this generation. Um, so right now, like what everyone's experience is like the maturation and the growing process of like, hey, here's the business model for now. Uh, it's going to take, I mean, it's not no comms about it. It's about $15 million to where I want to be in the AI space. And that's what I've been talking to investors about for a very long time. And a lot of you guys have seen some of the stuff that we've already built. Uh, and the cool thing is what I show people in 2000, in 19, 2020, um, all of these really, you know, all of these investors who thought they were super smart and they're gonna pay these people to figure out this AI thing, uh, they're finally circling back. You know, like, hey, we spent all this money and we're still not a fraction of a uh, uh, way down the path. What you showed us in 2019, 2020, how can we cut a deal? And I'm like, you can cut a deal, but it's gonna be a very expensive deal because, um, We've grown, we've matured, and we have other business functions now that we didn't have when we initially talked. So you're going to have to pay a premium. So those conversations are going on. Um, like this whole thing with, uh, with everyone realizing that uh, Microsoft is investing into OpenAI's GPT chat um, function. Like I, I was talking about GPT-3 when we started this project, and nobody understood what the heck I was talking about. Um, so when you start talking about GPT-4 and GPT-5 and the ability to uh, consider up to 100,000 unrelated op uh, objects and, and be able to create an open response in Google time, like, that, that's like a whole nother world. Like, you're talking about, we're talking about people being rich now or people being wealthy that are billionaires or, or, or multi-billionaires. Like, the folks who develop that space and really understand that space and are able to bring AI uh, to the market in that realm are going to be the future trillionaires. Yeah, I I definitely fully agree uh, 100% with that. You know, AI has a lot of a lot of potential, right? Um, there's a lot of things that I believe that could totally come to light over the next decade that, you know, a lot of people I don't think are really seeing the the full picture of AI. Now, obviously you got your pros and cons, right? But, you know, falling into the right hands, th this, could be, uh, this could be a really, really good technology for everybody going forward. Um, 
the funny thing is, you know, even with the whole metaverse thing, right? So AI is going to be highly required for all that stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I really believe in the future of AI 100%. Um, and a lot, I don't think what a lot of people fail to realize, this isn't just one sector of the market because in all reality, uh, AI could bleed over into every market in one way or another, right? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, the, the thing here is, is weird because I tell people, like, I've been to the future and everything that I'm building pretty much is something I've already seen and I just reverse engineer it, right? Um, I live in a world where you'll be able to have a fully autonomous version of yourself and you go to sleep and you wake up and that fully autonomous version of yourself has been like monitoring the things that you like, the news sources, the different things you look at for your deal flow. Um, and then when you wake up, they just give you a summary of all the things that you would have done during that time you were asleep. I mean, how does, how does someone who doesn't have that capability compete in the future? How do companies who don't have that capability compete in the future? They don't, they cease to exist. Right. Um, so that is, I mean, that is the, not the opportunity of AI. That is the reality of AI. And people are going to figure this out. Now, right now, you don't have, I mean, you have some of the right people figuring it out. Uh, but then also, you just have, like, some really smart people figuring things out who don't understand, like, how to bring it to uh, the market. So um, what I think we're going to see over the next 24 to 36 months is a lot of people who actually understand, or I wouldn't say key people who understand how to bring it to the market um, and be able to make those changes. Uh, the majority of calls I'm getting now are not so much about the token and the art. There are a lot of those, but now I just have everybody circling back who I talked to from 2019, 2020, like, hey, what are you guys doing with the AI? I'm like, nothing. No, nothing, nothing, in, in, in nothing, um, involved with you guys unless the price is right so there's kind of a there's a bit of a bidding war where people are like hey we want inheritance to really get back on the ai tracking yeah it was going to cost 50 million dollars so figure it out wow that's in incredible but on that uh you mentioned that inheritance is kind of evolving and yeah when they when you guys first started, it was something completely different. You've involved into the, the art side of things. And I want to, I want to hear about that evolution and how you became Athelstan and what that represents and how that, that helps everything in this whole ecosystem. Yeah. So, um, the, the thing that we've always been about, <coughs> sorry. Um, the thing we've always been about since the beginning is about, uh, a authoritative source of identity, right? And I don't think that we've changed. I think that that understanding of identity has evolved. Um, identity, even the name inheritance, is just like, hey, I got kids. I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. And you start thinking, like, what am I going to leave my kids? Like, every time thinking Harry, who has money, is like, oh, I left my kids this, I left them this. But you didn't spend any time with them building your fortune. So you, you got really, you got, like, marginal kids from a behavior standpoint. You just have a bunch of money. Like, you really didn't leave them anything. Um, so it's like, what is really the greatest thing that you can leave your future generations, right? 
And it was just like, hey, I think this is really who you are, like your authentic self, like your nature. Um, like, you know, because I, I mean, at some point we're going to go into, and, th- and this is like where things get really scary. Um, we're going to go into being a cybernetic company where we both have um, your nature, which is like your DNA and like your medical records and your nurture, which is like the history of you and everything that happened to you. And from that nature and nurture, you'll be able to do some pretty cool predictions and prescriptions uh, based off of your DNA makeup versus what happened to you. And hey, at this age, you might face this type of thing. So let's give you a prescriptive treatment to be able to, uh, I, I guess, mitig- mitigate um, the potential effects of the thing that you might have in the future. That's really like the thing that I want to build for posterity for future generations, like to make, make the world better. Um, the other thing I realized is as we're like looking at that identity, that so much of people's identity is their things. Um, one of these things that I was interested in, because I'm not really a material person, um, is art, like just art where there's fine art or just art that I have an uncle that was an artist, um, who probably did like a thousand paintings and they went nowhere besides his house. And I was a fan of his art because I was a fan of his art because they had like public, uh, public uh, uh, praise or was well renowned, which is not like um, being able to preserve those things that people hold near and dear and be able to pass those to the future generations, um, just happens to be another part of identity. Uh, as we look into that identity or that persona of identity, we realize there's an opportunity within my art, and then that's what created like inheritance art um, and being able to preserve masterpieces that are not um, for public consumption, masterpieces that are for public consumption, and then masterpieces that are just within family, right? So that that just like that was like that was just the most mature let's say, persona of identity that we could build a business case in now because the AI business case is not here because it's too much of an upfront cost. So the blockchain of things is that infrastructure. Excuse me. The blockchain of things is that infrastructure that allows us to start establishing that initial identity through the things that one owns. And then the blockchain of things continues to be uh, that infrastructure as we put our actual identities um, into the internet or into a network uh, to share with future generations. So um, that was the long story of how we got to inheritance art. Uh, Ethelstan, um, or, or Ethelstan, however you pronounce it, um, it's just like a historical figure to me that is just really prominent as far as you have Alfred or Alfred, because um, it's either with just an A or with the A and E. Um, his vision of like a United Kingdom was like was like such a such a, a pipe room uh, when he was king, um, and that actual actualization of that dream did not come through his son Edward, but it ended up coming through his grandson um, Ethelstan, who was able to unite the Danes as well as the different kingdoms of England, um, which is what you know now we we all know as like United Kingdom. Um, there's just like really an opportunity here where you have 2.0, which is still, I mean, it's still booming, right? But we know 3.0 is the next thing, right? It's like, hey, people are still renting their, their, their movies and their popcorn and their soda from Blockbuster, but we do know this thing called Netflix is like 
on the rise. Um, and we don't know if it's going to have the impact of like, I think there's like maybe one blockbuster in the U.S. now um, at, as Netflix had um, on, on that whole rental industry. Um, so it's like being able to reconcile the differences because the thing, the thing that I've been at the table with some of the, how do you say it? At the table with some of what people consider to be significant people, we often think because people are in a position or that because someone has a fund that has $4 billion that they're sophisticated and super educated. Um, typically, that's not the case, right? Um, so there needs to be someone who's just like, hey, I don't give a, I don't give a shit how much money you have. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, this is how we're going to do it. And I think some of you are kind of starting to see my, my actual personality as I get more, um, as I get more entrenched into like the 3.0 world and figuring out what's real and what's fake and what's, what's hypothesis and what science project versus reality. Um, but I have a very specific place of where I need to be to make the world the, like, I guess the place that I want it to be in. Um, and just like, we have no time for people to, uh, how do you say, um, project what they know. We have no time for people to project on their positions. Um, and I feel like, you know, the artist Ethelstan, right, was that person who could go in and be like, hey, um, I know you're a Dane and I might say something, you might try to chop off my head, but I'm going to say it because I have a vision that I'm executing on. And whether we have to go to war, or whether we have to get a treaty, like, guess what? This vision is happening. Um, so I think it's just like from an artistic standpoint, super cool, uh, because one of the other things that we're taking on the Sotheby's and Christie's, which are super historically connected to uh, the, the United Kingdom, I mean, they haven't changed since the, since the 1600s. Um, so being able to like, there is a lot of connection to even like the, the royal families and those institutions, um, taking on those institutions here in the U.S., um, as well as the opportunity of just like, hey, I mean, there's not a lot of people who make money in 3.0 just with luck, right? Um, but where's the business model? Where's the repeatable model where I can tell my friends, you know, some of you might see me riding around on a boat here in Miami. That's not my boat. I can't afford to gas me in a boat, right? Um, but that guy has a $100 million line of credit, right? And he's like, well, tell me how to get in crypto. What should I do? And it's like, well, I, I don't have a business model that I'm seeing someone be successful with. Everything is just speculation. Don't get into crypto yet until I figure something out, right? Um, so it's, it's just being able to be a point of reconciliation for all the different things that are going to make 3.0 and crypto um, what they're going to the Netflix of the future, um, as well as just being able to reconcile just things that, you know, you have, you have Chrissy Sotheby's who made more money off of Basquiat and Basquiat made stuff. Like, that's not cool. That's not fair at all, right? Uh, so being able to fight that fight, uh, but still also be an arbiter of business and get stuff done. Um, so I think, like, Azelton was, like, a, is, is, like, a persona of uh, being able to reconcile disparate vantage points for a single vision of like something that's united and something that's going to exact exist in perpetuity yeah the 100 percent. now i 
I like everything you said. Uh, you hit a lot of key points. But I, I kind of want to go back just a little bit to what you were saying about uh, having people be able to have those artificial um, consciousnesses of themselves and going forward and be able, able to go to sleep and, and maybe free up your time, right? Because that, I think, is very important um, from, a, from a wealth standpoint because, you know, we're all trying to build wealth here in this space. Um, you know, some for material gain, some for not material gain. Uh, but really, I mean, being wealthy to me is, you know, having that abundance amount of time, right? To be able to, you know, maybe spend with your friends, spend with your families, spending on activities that you really enjoy doing instead of, you know, really grinding it out every step of the way all day you know like entrepreneurs right like myself jeff and and many others out there um so i think that's you hit on a really key point there and, and i just wanted to kind of point it out to our audience because you know that's what it's going to be able to do as well is free up a lot of our time so we can spend our time doing other things we really enjoy but still optimizing it and getting all that powerful information that we need to make better choices, better decisions and keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, I think as you say, when I, when I moved to LA, you got a lot of people from Silicon Valley, um, who made their money kind of coming LA to kind of BS work and have fun, right. If they, they've exited startup that, you know, did X return a little bit. Um, but they're still working because they're still in their 20s, still in their 30s, they're still in their early 40s. Um, the main thing that they always imparted on me was like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, you're going to make your money, right? And then you're like, well, I spent this time making more money and I really don't care about it. Um, what is it that I want to do, right? And when I started that journey, it was just like, hmm, well, no, I always want to make money, right? But then when I, I realized that, hey, I can make money just by doing the things that I love. And, like, I have a mentality of, like, we're going to make money. We're going to make this work. The thing that real wealth is, is, like, having the time to go spend it how you want to. Like, that's rich. Um, if you have enough money to be able to do the things that you want, like, you're rich. Um, and that is really... All of my technology, any project that I'm involved with is like a quality of life. Like, I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. Like, if if you're involved in something that's not in the people you're, you're working with aren't talking about improving your quality of life or they're not making the actual overtures or the actions to improve your quality of life, like, you're just making money. Who cares? Like, who cares about making money? Like, let's have a better quality of life. Let's have technology that allows me to spend more time with my kids, that allows me to spend more time with my aging parents, right? That allows me to spend more time with my future grandkids. That's, like, what I'm excited about. That's why I'm psychotic about what we're working on, and I, I'm really hard to work with, um, as some people will probably tell you if, if, if they work with me. Um, but it's just, like, if we're not doing those things, like, what, WTF, like, what are we doing? Like, what, why are we here? Because all of us can go make money, all of us can go punch a clock, all of us can go grind and, and make entrepreneurial deals. 
what is that thing that we're doing that is making our quality of life better, giving us more time to do the things that we want, um, allowing us to make another thing that I've learned, um, just like going, I don't want to say levels, but just different perspectives and wealth is like frictionless money. Like how do I, how am I taking less risk, uh, but making the same amount or greater amounts of money and continuing to do less, less things that are more risky and continue to do things that are less risk adverse. I mean, even with our, whale list is like is to give the community a sense of like hey this is this is buying down your rent you know who has the top wallets you know their movement yeah people selling the price goes up and down whatever but if they're not in like this top percentage like there's probably no real risk is just people need being life hits people at different times and they have different needs so they buy and sell which is perfectly fine that's the point of an open market um, so really, we're just really just trying to give back people their time. And when people waste my time, that's just like when I turn into a different person, or when I feel like they're just other people's time. Like I'm, I'm I, I turn into the Asian of war. It's like, yo, why are you wasting everybody's time? Why are you wasting people's valuable resources? Like we're going to war now because now you're wasting everybody's time. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is definitely something that with AI we're looking to do is give people back that time, give people back like high fidelity memories, like being able to talk about going to Disney with your kids and showing that to your kids and showing that same memory to your grandkids and then them being able to share it with your great grandkids. Like these are things that are like are right here, but nobody's doing. Like Meta's doing big small concerts, right? Uh, which I'm super salty because. We we're, we're managing an IP and then it's just it's like nobody wants to do a Biggie Small. Like, are we doing this for a Biggie Smalls concert? Like, really? No, we're not doing that. I love it, man. So yeah, I love the vision. Yeah, I really do. I love I love the vision. I love your thought process with all this. Um, you know, it's it, it's really a powerful thing when you start thinking. And having visions like this because you know, a lot of people, obviously, you know, we've all seen it a thousand times. A lot of people are just out for the money, right? There's a lot of money grabs in this space. Uh, this, this can be a very toxic place. Um, but at the same time, it can also be a very good place, right? So, you know, it all bring, it all comes in balance one way or another. Um, but you know, uh, again, I really do appreciate the vision of the whole entire thing because, you know, I mean, that, that's that's really just my goal is to get back more of my time, um, you know. And like you said, you said it best, being rich is just being able to do whatever you want to do, right? It's not a certain X amount of dollars in your bank account. It's being able to freely move the way you want to move. Um, so I love it, man. I love it. Now... I do know that you do have some high level connections in in a lot of different places. Um, would you care to share some of these potential connections that inheritance may benefit from? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the main one is really our relationship with the US government, right? Um, the other thing that VCs are just lost on is they think, hey, they're going to invest in this technology with a founder who doesn't know anything about technology. 
um, and then they're going to make this 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 technology. Then it doesn't sell to the masses, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to turn around and sell it to the government." Um, and it doesn't work because you got like I mean, the government for a while had me, you know, looking at emerging technologies and saying, "Hey, this isn't going to work. Or this is going to work." Um, to the point where that's exactly what I ended up doing for SpaceX was you got to think any flight vehicle that is carrying cargo on behalf of the government or carrying human lives on behalf of the government has to be certified for the government. Like I was the person who did that. Right. Um, so those government agencies that, um, it's called a, a authority to operate an ATO, which means, Hey, you have authority to operate on this government network and get government data. Um, I was the person, and then you might see 212 Solutions. If you look into 212 Solutions, Lloyd, the CEO of 212, my roommate at West Point, uh, we've been friends for 2000, yeah, for 22 years now. Um, yeah, like we, we, we have a bunch of connections. We have two West Point classmates from class of 2004 who are congressmen out of Detroit. Um, and one out of Houston that are like very close friends. Uh, you can look them up, John James, as well as, uh, Wesley Hunt. Um, they went to West Point with this. Um, I mean, I had, I worked for the Obama administration 2007 and 2008. So, I mean, we have a lot of government connections. Why I say that is because government work is, very important to business models um as sexy as spacex is um and how cool everyone thinks there is the majority of their work comes from the u.s government um so that's not like and i'm not saying anything that people don't know like you can look this shit up right um it's publicly available but the majority of what they do is u.s government military work um so i don't think we'll be doing a lot of military work but i do think we'll be doing a lot of work that will uh, be beneficial to the U.S. government and to having blockchain be- becomes considered a serious alternative to fiat in the future. Um, so that's probably like our biggest connection is like back to U.S. government and being able to say, hey, uh, the bot is going to be a gateway to all these other networks. So government, you don't have to touch these networks. You just connect to the bot and the bot would connect to all those networks and reconcile what's going on um so that's really like what we're pushing from a revenue generation standpoint here in the next 12 to 24 months um and that's specifically on the bot uh thread or the bot technical lane of of um art and then we'll start to eventually get into like identity and when i talk about identity we start talking about driver's license um, as NFTs, passports as NFTs. Um, what does that network look like to connect to all the different secretaries of states, as well as Department of Homeland Security for passports? Um, so yeah, that's like where all of our connections lie from DHS, Department of Homeland Security, Science and Technology, to like the folks at FBI who are working with art crimes. Um, yeah, that's like, that's a part as that nobody sees. Uh, but that is a part that is the imperative to our business model. Um, and it, it is really a competitive advantage because if we completely understand that space, we know exactly who we need to talk to. Um, 
and we're also already having conversations with those people and know what we're building. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted you to touch on that because it's really important for, you know, new investors, future investors, what have you, when they listen to this, they they fully understand the, the backbone and the infrastructure of what's being built here. Um, I really, really do, do like everything. Um, now, can you kind of go into blockchain of things? Because uh, a lot a little bit deeper because I'm very interested in um, the blockchain things of what you guys do potentially have planned and, and what maybe you haven't said you know anywhere else quite yet about the blockchain of things that you guys are building because yeah, so, yeah the blockchain the development project right so it's like, hey, we can build this really cool thing, but this really cool thing is going to cost five to ten million dollars. Um, we're either going to build it slowly through cash flow, or if you want to become a partner with us and give us five to ten million dollars over the next twenty-four to thirty-six months, um, that's what you can do. If not, like, go go fly a kite, right? Um, so right now, those are all the conversations, and people aren't used to those conversations because uh, people, you know, some of the people who are setting up. This Invest business model like that Andy Warhol uh, panda that is on um, our platform. I just talked to Bruno Bishop Hoggers um, gallery this week. Like they literally sent me a pictures pictures from the um, from the gallery presentation because we we're working with Providence for it for the piece and the piece is right there. Like that exact exact piece. I haven't been able to find a picture of it anywhere else on the internet besides from the actual showing, right? So, presumably, that piece that's now $350,000, right, based off of the provenance that we do have, now that we're able to track it back to the specific, um, the specific gallery and the person who commissioned it, like, that piece might be worth five hundred dollars to 600000 and we get a commission for selling that. We got another indie wall that's right behind it and I haven't put on the platform yet. So it's like, we're going to sell art. Um, we're actually intimately involved in a lot of really cool things with like Andy Warhol's, um, Andy Warhol's like foundation um, in the authentication of art and may end up being a partner for like the, the authoritative blockchain for his foundation, right? Um, so it's just like, the bot is a concept that we're going to build either through the cash flow of selling the art or an investor is going to come in and say, hey, here's the money to build it, build it faster. Um, so the bot, from a technological standpoint, becomes art infrastructure, right? Where if we're doing large-scale land sales, like how Board Apes, or how you did the land sale for the other side, and they burnt, I think they burnt like $225 million worth of ETH, like just in transactions. Like, we don't want to do that. Like, I mean, we, we want the ability to be able to leverage the ETH network, but if we're going to do something and transaction fees are going to be that ridiculous, like, we probably should get those transaction fees. Like, we should, we should have our own network where we can collect those transaction fees. Um, so the bot is, is just like any of the technology that we're building. It's like about the, um, it's about the opportunity to have a choice, right? 
And if I want to do it on ETH, we do it on ETH. If we want to do it on our bot network, that may be EVM VAPs. Hey, we do it on our network, whatever makes the most business sense. Um, so the bot, like we've had a lot of conversations with investors, uh, specifically in the 3.0 space. Like they don't even understand, like this is really ambitious. And we're like, it's, it's a network. It's, it's not that ambitious. It's a, it's, a basic, it's, a, it's a basic blockchain network, right? Uh, with a gateway that's connected to a data center that has connection to the majority of government agencies already, right? It's not that complicated. Um, so that's where we are, we're at. We're like, we have the idea. We know how fast we can build it. We know what pilots we can easily stand up. Uh, it's just no investor has been ballsy enough to like, actually pull the trigger so it's just like hey don't pull the trigger we'll continue to sell art and we'll build it ourselves and we'll own it 100 percent. so um that is like that is like that's just that's why i'm so focused just on revenue because so many other projects like hey if we don't get money we die um if we don't get money like we, we gotta have a business model so if we don't get money to our business model we die but like we're not we're, we're not solely dependent upon the vast dollars that can Yeah, um, I think we may have lost you for a minute, but I definitely think that's very important as well to literally just not not have to rely on the on the revenue coming in from investors to survive. Um, that's that's a really great point because there's a lot of projects out there that that's exactly what they do. Um, they don't have a current business model that supports that either so i definitely i definitely like that yeah that's the difference between a, a project and a business you, know, you got the revenue coming in from the other streams and that's that's incredible and I, I personally since i've been with inheritance since you know its inception i think owning a hundred percent of that would be super important in the long term and it seems like you've made steps to do that for the community in the past few weeks alone getting getting the tokens back from the the advi the original advisors or incubators and i think that was definitely a, a major step forward that uh a lot of community members are still a little bit confused about but uh what's the next steps with 922 and how are we going forward with that yeah so um well i mean back 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 to actually like the original founders of Moonlight are like super gracious, and it's like this whole process, right? Um, I I'm terrible. I'm like probably one of the worst people to ever work with. Like, if I feel like I'm crossed, like I'm gonna let you know, and like there there's no way around it, right? Um, but they were super gracious in how they and how we negotiated. Uh, uh, how do you say it? Uh, equitable exit for both parties, right? Um. And really, my thing is about, like, I've only failed at things where I wasn't in, in, in charge of, or I wasn't in control of it, right? Um, anything that I have more control of is always a success. So me getting more tokens back under the inheritance wallets is, like, all about control. And the more control that I have, the higher probability for success we have, and the lower risk we're going to have with having to deal with BS. So anytime I can grab control or, or find a large swap of tokens that we can bring back to have more control where I can have um, higher fidelity conversations with people on the other side, right, who are thinking about coming in, um, I'm always going to make that trade and I'm always going to do it in the best interest. Like you got, 
You think about this, Peter, think of him as an AI. There's an objective function for more time to do the things that we want, and I'm going to find the quickest and the most efficient way and least risk, least risk exposure way for us all to do it. The issue becomes when people think they know better than me, and then that's when it's just like, you don't, like, we, we got to part ways. Like, I, I'm, I'm really efficient at this. Like, I've done it at the top level from an education standpoint, from a work standpoint, to, like, now, like, doing my own thing. Like, you, you, you got to just let me do this. You got to trust me in the process. Um, so that's what, that's just like really about getting tokens back. Um, the group movement, like, actually, like, I, we haven't always seen eye to eye. But the one thing I can say is, like, in my 40, I'm 40, 40 years old, right? Um, in my 40 years, like, that group of people actually executed. Like, they actually got shit done, which was just, like, really refreshing. Because you talk to so many people who tell you what they're going to do, and they never do it. Uh, these guys did it. It was just, like... The future and time frames uh, for the future didn't align. Um, and it was like, hey, all right, let's figure out a deal. Uh, and we're going down the line of people. Um, I mean, if you watch your tokens, you watch your tokens. I mean, those are your tokens. But if you were, if you were, um, if you were an advisory role and you were giving your tokens, right, you didn't buy them from the market, you better damn well guarantee I'm going to have an opinion on when you should be selling and when you shouldn't be selling those tokens. Um, and it's just the way it is. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we took control back. Uh, the other part of that is just like Yuga is like doing their own shit, right? Um, I got, I got Ice T, you know, coming through to unveil his 9022 portrait. Like, I can't have him unveiling a picture of like an ape, right? It's like, it's gotta be something that's fly. It's gotta be something that's related to him. And it's just like, that ain't like neither it's too as as a board ain't gonna work no more because the opportunities that we have are like so global that it's like I'm not promoting you go apps they ain't paying us to promote them right um so it just makes sense it's like hey here's an app that is worth whatever um let's get rid of it and let's gain control but I mean February fourth we have the you know the Associated Press Getty Images. There, where Ice T is going to unveil his 9022 NFT slash, I can't say what it is because it'll give it away. And it's just like, um, that's what 9022 is about. Is like now we actually have a global platform to, to, to different people, right? Because Ice T is not the only one. Um, like you guys have seen me at Rock Nation, right? There might be a Jay-Z portrait that's going to have something done with it. There might be a NASA astronaut that we have a 9022 thing done with that is gifted to him through NASA. There's, like, so many cool things that we're going to be able to do with 9022. It's just, like, the ape made sense. We, we sent it to space. Like, we still got to put out the content of what we actually did with that with Joseph Borg and um, Ice Cubes and the European Space Agency, NASA and SpaceX, right? Like we we actually did that. Like we actually sent the asteroid. We actually sent nine zero two two to space as well as some other art that is because I, I I thought it might be a chance that we could have also that. So we sent something else we do things that way. Um, we actually art on the actual Raspberry Pi that went up into space too, right? That was a repayment for us doing that for free. We put our NFTs on the box for that, right? Um, so there's like so much cool stuff playing with 9022, like Club 11, 
uh, down here in Miami is like, already there in the space to do that. They'll spend in 9022 uh, Mercedes Benz, uh, the Fashion Week show here in Miami. Um, the Fashion Week show in New York is going to be like 9022 at Houston. So, um, this is like we have, we have like actual media, we have stuff people are interested in. So there's no point to have anything associated with us from an IP standpoint that we don't control all the way, the whole ecosystem, um, than to just like continuously be putting out uh, something associated with another project. So, 9022, a lot more guidance will be coming out, as well as, like, the immediate utility of it after we debut what it looks like in New York. Um, but there's also some utility where some people um, have already started to see in some of the documents that have, like, been going around for review. I'm super excited for all that, dude. That's... That's some juicy news right there. I wasn't even aware that Ice T was going to be releasing his nine twenty two. That's I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody, no, nobody knew you had one. And uh, I do want to make a comment. Um, I'm just going to put it out there and be one hundred percent transparent. I've always liked the idea of inheritance, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I I really appreciate the power move that you made with the board ape and the the uh the tokens and all that stuff getting those tokens back because i'll be honest i never owned any inheritance till after i actually just bought some of my first tokens um because of that so yeah that, that definitely no. made me feel much better i and honestly i mean this is like i'm all right, here, and here, here's another thing that I haven't, like, talked about publicly, right? Um, there's a way to build wealth, right? Um, SpaceX has no more than 77 investors, right? and, and, and no, they're not, they're, they're not individual retail investors, right? But there is, there is a way of which I'm setting up things when I say, hey, I'm going to get 42, 45% of the Available supply, very specific reason for that. Um, why I'm tracking the whales, there's a very specific reason for that, right? Because as people watch your success and you continue to buy down risk by getting like parties out that you can't control, um, and saying, Hey, I can control, I can't control these parties, but I have some influence over these parties. Here's who they are. Why don't you talk to them type thing? Um, you get more people with a lot of money who are more willing to come into your project. So just like as we got that risk down, you're like, hey, I feel comfortable coming in. There's conversations with some really wealthy people who are like, hey, I want to come in, but buy down my risk. So everything we're doing is to buy down risk for to get those people in, right? Because when those people go get in, we can like do this weird kind of thing where um hey, you have a certain amount of your tokens that you don't want to market sell, but because some of you guys are going to be working for us as employees, helping us with marketing, uh, you guys have, like, rights of some contractors or employees, and you can take part in different, like, sales um, of the token with other investors that are coming. I'm, 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 I'm trying to not be... I'm trying not to say the wrong thing, um, but then that becomes an opportunity for people to be able to liquidate a position 
uh, without impacting the market, but still getting, you know, the personal liquidity that they need. So it's just like, if people would let me build that, um, you have like really sophisticated people coming in it at a, at a, let's just say, a, I can't say very, I can't say things, but at a very, at a place that you couldn't even imagine. Um, and it'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're coming in at this place. And then it's just like, hey, we need 300,000 tokens. It's going to be part of this offer. Who's willing to put part of their, you know, part of their holdings into this? And, you know, everybody's happy. And you have an asset that's constantly appreciating. You can look at SpaceX's current, like, their last raise in this shitty market. They went up 20%. So, yeah, it's just like, I mean, you got Amazon and Facebook who lost three-fourths of their fucking market cap and SpaceX is like, hey, we just went up 20%. So, um, yeah, there's like some very specific things that I know exactly what the hell we're doing and what we're structured to do. It's just like people want to question it. Um, and then when you question it, it's like, bro, like, we, don't have, we don't have time for this shit. Like, go question something else. Uh, let, 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 let me run the play. Let me, let me quarterback the situation and Come back in thirty six months. You'd be like, "Damn, I wish, I wish I would have been more aggressive in thirty six months ago." Right? So, um, that's kind of where we're at, and that that I guess that change of heart that you've had, um, is what I'm looking to drive by doing these different things that are going to bring down risk. Um, but it's just ultimately an objective of like, I want to be on the beach somewhere, like not dealing with the stuff I have to deal with now. Um, and I want all of you to be on a beach somewhere so we can have a Corona or a non-alcoholic beverage together and, and have fun. Like, those are things I want to do. So, um, anyone who gets in the way of us being able to do that, like, I jump all over. I love it. I love the attitude, too, because, you know, I I'm, I can say that uh, we're, we're alike. We're definitely uh, on the same level where stuff like that's concerned. And Jeff, too, you know, like... Um, and I like to surround myself with, you know, like-minded individuals just like that, because, you know, when you have vision and a lot of, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get backlash from everybody. 100%. Like, it's just the way it goes, right? Like you're always going to hit that resistance, but anybody that gets in the way, I'm, I'm running you over, <laughs> right? Like I'm running you over. So I definitely, uh, I definitely appreciate that mindset. Um, I think a lot of people really lack that a lot these days. So, yeah, awesome. Let me caveat that um, for you far away from it. It's not that it's a different opinion. It's 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 that you have an opinion with no actions, right? If you have an opinion and there's um, a a consistent amount of work and actions around that opinion, I'm gonna consider it. And if you're right, you come with the right data, I'm like, damn, you're right. Let's change, let's change the course of direction. But if it's just an opinion with no actions and no work, it's like, bro, you gotta, you gotta go, because you, you, you're entitled to your opinion. That's not, I'm not that type of person. Like, everybody does get trophies with me. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, no, that, that's, you know, obviously it's different, but like, uh, Obviously, always open to suggestions, opinions, and things like that. If, you know, their heart's in the right place and their actions are in the right place, like you said, right? But, you know, it is what a lot of people talk, but it, uh, 
<laughs> it, it comes different when people start making actions in different places. So yeah, I definitely, definitely respect that. Um, there's something, there's something I was just thinking of a second ago that I really wanted to, you know, you know actually for the people that never heard about inheritance at all, um, we've talked, we did cover a lot so far, but I kind of want to go back in time just a little bit, uh, to the, to the NFTs, um, that you first had launched because I'm not really sure, you know, some people that do will listen to this won't even have a clue what inheritance has, uh, done in the past. And <laughs> so if you want to elaborate on some of those NFTs, uh, that you guys did before, that would be awesome. Yeah, so um, we actually, were, I mean, super new to this space, right? I think it was, we're in 2023, so it was 2022 was last year, so in 2021, um, I got into this space, uh, got introduced to um, built technology, technology's been my passion, whether I had a platform for it or not i'm like building i'm always painting like i'm always doing these things if i'm not spending time with my kids right um and folks you know started to see what i was building they started to see some of the artwork and they're like hey what you're making are nfts and i'm like i don't know what the hell an nft is like it's not it's just digital art it's just, it's just digital art that can talk that's backed by ai that looks beautiful right that's what it is um so we got brought into like you know the whole moonlit incubation process like when it was like my eyes white shut i had no idea what was going on um we released a nft collection with black lemmy who was another incubated project um ended up doing like a chakra project to show like a higher level of spirituality mixed with technology um private cell sold out like how the private cell sold out like an hour. The public cell took a little bit longer because there's more pieces and like the admin was just a pain. Uh, so it took like a couple of days. Um, we ended up minting those. Uh, it was an NFT that minted tokens, uh, B or Binance tokens, BUSD tokens on the Binance network. Um, I really didn't understand market dynamics and the market, so it's you know there's a learning curve there. Once I saw how the market was going, and I didn't like what I, I didn't like the inputs that I was putting in, the outputs that I was getting out. Um, we pulled the token, right? Like I'm very decisive. Like I'll do very unpopular, I'll do very unpopular shit, but it's always in the best interest of like what it is that we're doing. Um, so I pulled the token. We moved over to Ethereum. Ethereum gave me a better line of sight of like who was doing what and they were doing it. Um, so hold people accountable. And um, I think we're at the beginning of that ability stage right now. And I mean, you can listen to the market and you can see what I would say a wild west market where people can kind of like do and hide things and do what they want versus like a more accountable market. Um, I think that more accountable market where we're at now is going to give. Uh, it's going to yield better results and a higher level of trust from uh, people who are buying tokens. And, you know, they can have better expectations from us as a fiduciary of um, that market. So um, in a very short order, like we're not even we're not even a year. Um, we're not even a year into having the token live. 
and we've already switched from we've already switched from one network to the other. We've already pulled the token. We've already got the incubator out. We're already in the process of getting some other people out. <laughs> and we're already in the process of bringing in like some traditional folks who have a longer time frame for when they expect to see results, um, which I think is better for everyone who's involved now. Um, so it's like, hell, where, where will we be in three years? We got Ice-T, like, <laughs> we got Ice-T, like, hosting our first art, you know, our art event in New York. We've already done Art Boggle. We have, we have a New York Fashion Week show coming up in September. We have a pre-show in Miami. I mean, NFTs, the things that you are consuming are going to be integral parts to this universe that we're building and this universe, like, people are actually interested in, right? Um, and it's a different type of person. It's not, it's not the Twitter DJ who, you know, who's in all the different spaces. It's the person that is going to buy, you know, a $1,000 dress to come to this art exhibit, right? Um, and there's people who do that, right? Um, if you look, I think I was in Park Magazine. Park Magazine... This month, uh, the lady I took a picture with is on the board of the Guggenheim, right? So it's just like, play a game with your monkey playing in the toilet or have conversations with people who like are on the board at the Guggenheim, right? Um, so it's just like really the math that we're playing. And uh, I, think we're, I, I think that we're doing the most efficient thing for all parties involved. Yeah, I think that's what... Uh puts you uh, a step ahead of some of like the other founders of some of the other crypto projects which tends to be a pretty toxic place in general but like you're thinking of real world stuff and and how to bring that to light and make the this space a better a better place and I, I just love that i love the vision thank you yeah 100 and you know going forward you said you live in miami right uh-huh i'm only a couple hours away so you never know. Hey, come down, man. I got the. I'll, I'm sending out the event schedule. I want. I want our people. So we had a table, like inheritance had a table at the Andy Warhol dinner. So it was like ten of our people there. Um, everyone in that room is like, "Who the hell is inheritance art, and what do you guys do?" <laughs> um, and that's exactly what you want people asking, right? Um, and that's exactly what people are asking. So I want to get more of, I, I hate to say DJs, but I'm a DJ myself, right? Um, I want to get more people like me out into the real world to see that, hey, this is a soft market, man. Like the people who've never really seen fine art, they watch the auction at the Andy Warhol, then they're like, they, they just really sell a panda for $65,000. Did they, did they really sell a stuffed panda with glitter on it for $65,000? And I'm like, yeah, they just sold a transvestite. I don't know if that, I, I'm sorry, I don't know if that's an a, a insensitive term, but it was literally called transvestite, uh, transvestite, um, the hell was Dracula. That, that painting sold for like $85,000 at that dinner, right? Um, so it was good for different members of the inheritance community to see the space that we're attacking. And the majority of folks came out of that experience excited 
about what we have to offer versus what's being offered. And they really understand what it is that I'm seeing and the opportunity. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I've never actually been to a fine art show, so I, I don't have that experience under the belt yet, but it would be interesting to watch. Cause I, I you know, I, I've seen some things, you know, along the way too, that kind of, kind of blew my mind as well. So that, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, like a hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, the other output of that is that, I mean, we're making a short film on the piece that's on the site. So, I mean, make sure you guys go check that out. Um, but that Andy Warhol hand is super rare. Uh, there's a very high probability that ends up in the, uh, New York MoMA, um, Museum of Modern Art. Um, after it's sold on our platform. And we've been integral in that whole piece of like bringing awareness to it. <laughs> because honestly, the initial community said it was fake and they didn't want to touch it. Um, but then they were just lazy. They didn't do their proper research. And then when we did the research, we were like, wait, this is real. Like, how I, I, are you guys really lazy about everything like this? Because we're really going to eat your lunch. Um, and that, that's how we got the piece. And that's how the piece is like. Like, there's going to be some really big stuff with this piece. Like, like, huge, like. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, Just curious, right off the top of your head, do you do you know the next event that's going on down there? Well, the next event right now that is planned is the, um, or when we sit down here, we're talking about Miami. The next event is the event in July. Which will be the Azelton uh, Fashion Show, with, like the nine zero two two concert. Um, everyone is invited to that. Every, I mean, hell, everyone's invited to the event in New York too. It's a private event, but I don't care. Like, just hit me up. Like, if you're gonna be in New York, come up, pull up. Like, that's that's the whole point. Like, I got my couple of people I've, I've identified that I need to talk to, but I want to get as many of our people into these circles, right? Just so you can see when I'm saying these things about art provenance and how the market is weak and where our technology is applicable. Because I think the real hard part is people to understand, like, what does Azleton have to do with, like, the token? And it's just, like, Azleton is a token. Like, people are here in a mask. Why is everybody trying to take pictures of you? Oh, he's part of his art that has a vision of observable, digital, and physical. And then that just winds up the entire conversation. Those are the people that are working on the other end. Like, hey, you need to come in to let me buy our ring. And these people are the ones buying a $10 million DeGoss, right? Um, so they already are interested in art, and they are interested in the future of art. And they are the future of art. Like, they want it. Did I lose you guys? For a second, you, you came back in. You've been yeah. cutting in and out a little bit. Oh. Yeah, you're, I think you're good now, though. Yeah. But Wow, incredible. So, something that just crossed my mind, when, when you're bringing these fine art pieces into into the blockchain, or however we do it, are, how, is it going to be accessible to the general public? Are there, are there going to be pieces that that somebody that doesn't have the tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, they can be involved in some of this fine art 
Um, so one of the things that we're looking at right now is how to tokenize fine art. Um, well, we're not looking at how to do it. We know how to do it. It's just like a huge administrative burden for each piece that you bring in. Um, so I do think that is a space that we'll end up playing in. Uh, because then, you know, at that point we can, we can mint an NFT and people just buy a fractionalized share of, uh, of a Van Gogh or a fractionalized share of a, uh, of a, a, a Basquiat. Um, so yeah, that we, we already know how to do it. It's just like a matter of when we do it and what pieces will we acquire. And typically we want to acquire a piece that is like, going from a state that's in the middle of a fire cell and they got something that they don't know what they have and we know what they have. So when we buy it, we can immediately put it in a museum and increase uh, increase the value of it because, I mean, like we're a business. Right on. Absolutely. I, um, I actually do have a question for you. I would like to pick your brain on this uh, for a second. So with all the stuff that you're doing with building wealth and for the community and the project and yourself and, you know, everything else, have you ever given a thought to really, like, how do you feel about privacy? What do you mean? In what way? Like, uh, just uh, like with everything being as transparent as it is on the blockchain, you know, people that have bigger stores of wealth um i mean do you do you think that uh it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be a, a bigger store of wealth it could be anything but do you believe in like the right to have your own privacy for like your own personal transactions and things like that yeah I, I, absolutely um i think the more successful people are in real life the less uh, privacy they and i mean it's, it's, which is a disdain for podcasts, right? Because you see, you see a guy that's doing all this stuff, and it's like, bro, when are you actually like making money or cutting deals or like doing the things that you need to do doing all these podcasts? Um, but some people's business or persona is the podcast. I'm a podcast guest, right? Um, so I think privacy, like privacy behind like freedom of time, is like super important from a priority standpoint um i think from a wealth perspective and being able to see um i guess because you're, you're able to see like certain people's wealth like i mean at some point I'm, I'm publishing my wallet every every week right um but i'm also taking the precautions right to not to not be, how do you say it, disrespectful to, like, there's a real world and people are looking at things, right? Um, I think a lot of people, like, who have some money but aren't really wealthy don't take the proper precautions to protect their privacy. Um, and they make it super obvious to figure out who they are. And then there's those who, like, I guess, value their privacy more. So, I mean, I honestly think everyone's privacy is of utmost importance. Um, that's even, like, when we create these digital models, like you want people to have different personas of themselves. Um, there might be something that you want your daughter to know that you don't want your son to know and vice versa. Um, so even privacy in who you are is super important for even how we're thinking about building these profiles. 
Uh, so privacy, like privacy, is is like of utmost importance. Um, but I mean, in a, a world where everything is super transparent on the blockchain, like you got to figure out another way to be private. And you know, it's it's refreshing to actually hear that as well. Um, you know, coming from you as well as the founder of this project. Um, you know, I'm a big uh, advocate for privacy as well. But I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on it and kind of how you, you know, what what your thoughts were on the privacy aspect of things. Um, yeah. Now that kind of does raise another question for me. Would you ever consider building your own privacy coin or a privacy stable coin? Wait, you privacy stable coin? Yeah, would you ever consider building your own privacy token or and or a privacy stable coin? If it fit within the inheritance ecosystem, yes. Um Put it this way, um, I'm like I'm like one of these guys, and I see I see like these serial entrepreneurs, right? Um, and I'm like, how the hell do they do that? Like, I, I'm only doing one thing. Like anything that's in the inheritance ecosystem, if it's part an identity, um, if if the privacy token fit within like the identity or sure what we're doing, yeah, I'd be interested because it becomes like it supports our ecosystem or that specific business function. Um, but uh, yeah, if it, if they support it, what we're what we see from a vision from a pirate from a identity standpoint, absolutely. Um, I actually have one of the guys from SpaceX who I worked with. Um, he's currently in the um, Y Combinator incubator, CEO of Identity Company. Um, he actually built the identity solution that we use at SpaceX. Um, I'm actually having conversations with him to get him into the government. Uh, and just looking at what he's doing from an identity standpoint, uh, as far as to authenticating two services. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would that would be something I would entertain. It just have, would have to make sense. Um, and if it didn't make sense, there, there's a whole. I mean, I did privacy for SpaceX, right? If that like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes one hundred percent. Like every 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 jurisdiction that. Um, they sell Starlink service and like there's very specific privacy requirements and GDPR, uh, general data protection and regulation requirements that need to be met. Um, I was the person for that for the initial rollout of Starlink. That's, I love it, man. I love it. That's awesome. Honestly, I, you know, just my perspective on everything that you are building here, I think, I think it would definitely benefit the community, the ecosystem, and everything that you're trying to build, because you know, as these art pieces, let's just let's just use the art pieces as an example, right? So, as the value of these things may go up, may go down, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, you know, in your ecosystem, you would be able to use that privacy token or that privacy stable coin to flow that money over to where somewhere that somebody wants to be less risk adverse, but also be private at the same time. Right. Right. Um, and that way they're, you know, everybody has different life goals, right? Everybody has, um, 
different things that they're trying to do, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. I think it would make sense. And I think it would probably be a very, uh, very interesting piece to the inheritance uh, ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, anything that anything that makes sense is going to be is going to uh, is going to maximize our, our objective function is is a consideration. That's awesome, man! I love I love to hear it, man. I love I love the the conversation uh, we had today. Um, is there really any? Is there anything else that you really want to let the audience know about inheritance, or maybe some feature things that you um, kind of want to put out there that you haven't yet, or, or anything at all? Oh um, no, I, I mean, it's just I think I want people to understand is like everything that we're doing is in correlation to our ecosystem. Um, our main store of value in the present and in the future for our value is the token, right? So, um, although it might be hard to correlate what an art exhibit or a fashion show or these things are, are going to do, right? But it is going to backdoor people into our ecosystem and our store of value. Um, and... You know, you got Bitcoin Foundation, Ethereum Foundation that do like these huge things to bring people into like their way of belief and their token. Like we're not going to be that obvious. We're going to be unobvious. Like nobody who actually watches the commercials on uh, Snapchat. Who actually watches real commercials? Nobody. So like you have to be more creative in how you get things to people and our Trojan horse or our non-traditional marketing to get people to our token in our network is Asian, is art shows, is fashion shows. People come to those things. Like, any, they, uh, like, hey, can I bring 15 people? Yeah, of course you can bring 15 people. Because I want to talk to all of them, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, come talk about come talk about this this coin. They're like, oh yeah, I'm busy doing nothing that night. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, man. Honestly, it's been it's been really awesome to actually sit down and actually have a conversation with you. I've been wanting to do this for quite some time, actually. But just you know, everything. I know you have a hectic schedule. I have a hectic schedule, and. Um, glad we were able to to really nail this down today and get you on the podcast. It really, you know, provides some clarity to uh, not only the community members, but, you know, potential f future community members as well. Um, but Jeff, did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask or anything? Yeah, questions, man. It's just, it's been a pleasure. Same, same as what Dustin said. I've, it's been a long time and I've been, I've been looking forward to this conversation forever and just, yeah, thank you. No, th yeah. thank you guys. For, thank you guys for staying on top of me. Um, it, I just I didn't do specific things, right? Um, because it's the objective function. Now that now we started to actually some very, uh, now that we start to get our objective of the type of token holders that we want long term, 
um, it's easier to start talking about what we're doing versus where I was like, I don't want to say anything about what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, anytime you want to come on and, and uh, on the podcast and maybe share some new information or even just come on here to shoot the shit, man, we'll, we're always more than, you're more than welcome to come on and hang out with us and talk. Uh, no, I, 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 I appreciate it. I'll definitely be doing that more. Um, <laughs> now that I have uh, the same managers as Sean Taylor, that's all that guy does is podcasts and Twitter spaces. Like, he's a king of that stuff. Uh, that's why he has like 8 million Instagram followers and 12 million across all platforms. Um, so, he's trying to get me to do more stuff too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, coming out and listening today. And, um, uh, we really appreciate everything. I hope you guys really uh, digested this information. Maybe you have to listen to it another, uh, you know, another time again uh, to really digest everything we talked about here today. But um, personally, I, I'm really, I'm really bullish on this project. To be per, to be quite honest. Um, so I hope you guys do your due diligence and always do your own research and. We'll see you in the next one.